Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is the world great morning, great morning, great morning, precious people. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the culture call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Absolutely. This is the place where Tuscaloosa indeed meets the world. And for the next two hours from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., you know what we're going to do. We're excited to talk a little bit about everything. That's right. Everything from society, sports, education, to economics, from religion to relationship. And as all Always, we are here to create a safe space. That's right, a safe space to have empowering, provocative, and yes, sometimes controversial conversations. And guess what? Uh, you can call in, chat it up, and learn with us together right here every day on The Culture Call. Listen, I want to welcome all of our first-time listeners to the show. If you are a first-time uh, a listener to The Culture Call, welcome to our community. Welcome to our family. We seek to endeavor to empower the black community in Tuscaloosa and all around the country. Uh, uh, and, and I'm grateful that you have tuned in, whether you're driving through our city, whether you're a, a frequent listener, whatever that is, or you just happen to be land on this radio station. Welcome, right? And of course, to all of my consistent listeners, thank you so very much uh, for spreading the word about the culture call and all of the great conversations that we are having here Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 p.m. Want to send a shout out to Brother Jay. Don't y'all love Brother Jay? He burns up the airways from five and he passes up that hot baton to me. And man, I do my best to try to keep it going with uh with with all of the people that he reaches. And we go ahead and bring it on throughout the day. Make sure that we take you through a great lunch. That's right. Maybe you will find something that uh, goes on. And that said, that will be a blessing, a tremendous blessing to your life. Uh, yeah, as you listen to Brother Jay and tuned in to the culture call. That's right. That's right. Listen, uh, I want you to do me a favor. As I say every morning, I want to encourage you to go ahead to your uh, smart device store. Yeah, you have an app store on your Apple and or your Android device. Yeah, there I want you to type in Praise 93.3 FM and guess what you're going to find? You're going to find a free 99 app. That's right. We have an app so that you can download it to your phone, uh, that you can hear the culture call while you're moving uh, uh, and, and throughout your day. Maybe you're at work or maybe you're doing something that you can't call in or and have a conversation with us, but you don't want to miss the show. Absolutely. Go ahead and download that app. And guess what? You can hear us from all around the world. That's right. All around the world. That's right. No matter if you're in Washington, D.C., whether you're in Topeka, Kansas, Houston, Texas. Yeah. And definitely right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama and all of the surrounding areas. Birmingham, Bola G, Utah, Gordo, Reform. Listen, you can hear us everywhere. And we are so very glad to have you. Listen, also, you can follow me 
on social media on Facebook. That's right, on Facebook, The Culture Call. That's the, the name of the page, The Culture Call. And you can go ahead and press that like button. And guess what? You can follow us and get all of the information uh, there as well. You can do that. And also, we have a podcast. That's right. Y'all been asking for it, but we, and now we have it, a podcast on Apple Podcasts. You would have to, it's already on your Apple phone. Just type in podcast and go to the culture call. And, uh, there you can find our podcast. And so if you miss any episode, uh, you're in a place where you haven't been able to look at it or listen to it at real time from 10 to 12, but you get off from work and you want to hear our conversation, that podcast is going to be a major blessing to you. That's right, because all of those uh, of our podcasts every day is being archived or being archived uh, on Apple Podcasts. So yeah, you can do that. Also, you can send me your public service announcements and events to me at culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Or yeah, you can definitely send it to through the messenger on the Facebook and I will get it. Guess what? We want to know what is going on. I told you, let me be your PR assistant. That's right. I want everybody to know what's happening in your neck of the woods, in your church, your organization, your fraternity, your sorority, maybe your choir is having a concert, or maybe you're an entrepreneur that's trying to set up a seminar or whatever that might be. We want to be of assistance to you. So go ahead and send that to me, culturecall.praise at gmail.com. You can definitely send it via messenger on Facebook. Yes, I want to be able to let Lottie Dottie and everybody know what's going on. You know why? Because we do it better when we do it together. And of course, you can always call me. You can always call me. Let me say that again. You can always call me at 205-752-4800. That's 205-752-4800. Or you can hit me up on the app, that chat section. You can hit me up there and I read it. I'm listening for your calls. Yes, we have a wonderful time. I love when you call in. We have a wonderful conversation, different perspectives. I love each and every one of you who call in because I want you to be a part of the conversation and we want to hear from you. Listen, so do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab you some coffee. That's right. Grab you some coffee or some, you know, you do how we do it here at Maxwell House or Starbucks. Get you some herbal tea, chamomile if you're trying to chill out, and green tea. They got them in different flavors now. If you're trying to wake those cells up, yeah. Or you can get some alkaline water, get that body detoxed. That's right. Before you take your medicine or whatever you do, go ahead and detox your body and uh, and wake those cells up and get hydrated. And come on, let's get into the culture. Listen, yesterday we started off on a, a powerful, powerful uh, conversation about domestic violence, right? Uh, we know that October holds two important uh, awarenesses. And number one, it's breast cancer awareness. Uh, the color there is pink. And uh, uh, there's so many people that are bringing awareness to breast cancer. We told you that, you know, if you haven't had a mammogram or you haven't checked yourself out lately, you might want to do that. I think that's very important so that you can catch things on the front end. That's right, on the front end. So let we want to make sure that we do that. Also... Also, we want to make sure uh, that you 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 get a primary care physician and do all that you can do to make sure that whether it's in your genes or it's hereditary, that you make sure that you take care of yourself. I cannot stress that enough. Don't ignore it. Please do not ignore it. Any lumps, any bumps, anything that feels odd, yeah, 
You can never be too cautious. That's right. You can air, make sure uh, that you get it checked out uh, and, and make sure that it's nothing. Make sure that it's just a lump. It's just a little growth of cyst or something that is benign because if we don't want it to be something bigger and you don't get it checked out in time, right? And of course, October is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and that color is purple, right? And uh, it's 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 where we begin to shine a light and put a spotlight on the abuses and the violence that goes on uh, in household relationships or uh, close proximity relationships. So that doesn't mean that you have to be married, uh, but domestic violence uh, entails a relationship with two people who are supposed to be in love and I put that love in air quotes, but there is becoming volatile, becoming physically violent, verbally violent, you know, all of those things. And what we're looking at now is that also domestic violence can trend into, you know, ending someone's life. And that's very unfortunate. And what we talked about yesterday is just, you know, hey, uh, you, love is not supposed to hurt. Like we say that, like, you know, if it's love, it's supposed to hurt. Love, love is supposed to hurt sometimes. No, not that way. Not, no, no, not where to the risk of you losing your life. Absolutely not. Not when you're in a relationship with someone and they don't know how to treat you or they treat you in a way that is adverse to your worth and your value and uh, you sit there and take it. And yeah, that's just not healthy. And some people say, well, why are you mentioning this on a religious, uh, a religious, you know, a station? Why are you bringing this up? Well, because number one, uh, domestic violence is trending upward. It has always been within the black community, but even as times, economic times, even as relationships tense, uh, between black men and black women, even as we are, you know, in a culture that's disconnecting and, uh, and, and a culture that's filled with violence, almost, uh, uh, an affinity to violence. They love to see something violent, right? Uh, go on, uh, and, and all of that, that has a tendency to trend itself into relationships. And if we're not careful, what we will find out, uh, or what we have already found out, not what we will, but what we have already found out is that 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 that's a reflection in relationships where there is no emotional stability, no emotional intelligence, there is no appreciation for each other's humanity, there is really no foundation of love there and love being defined as as an idea or a decision to do what is in the best interest for another individual, right? And so when I say I love you, it is in fact that I've already decided and made a choice that whenever I interact with you, uh, whether I'm with you or by myself, I am going to do what is best, what makes, uh, what is best for you, um, because I'm doing what is best for me. You know, love comes out of the reservoir of how we love ourselves, right? That's biblical, right? That you love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that, that whole idea of domestic violence arises because Someone is abusing uh, the, the other individual. Someone is taking that other individual for granted. Uh, someone is trying to use power and control uh, to to manipulate and subvert that other person's agency and own self-will and bend them and even to the point of breaking them into the will of of the way that that violent person wants them to go. And so we think it is very important, even in, and I talked a little bit about this yesterday, 
that sometimes uh, the whole uh, foundation and the whole culture of domestic violence can be aided and abetted by how we view the scriptures in church how we interpret scriptures, how we how we preach the scriptures and the view that we have of women being second class citizens or subservient to men. And of course, uh, that's a dangerous ideology that is misplaced theology that is bad hermeneutic and exegesis. And if I can just say it in a, in a kind of academic mode. And just and in other words, Reb just don't know what he's talking about when when we have a a a whole culture within the religious community within church or wherever that is of uh, that it's a man's right to abuse or put his hands on women. Now we know that domestic abuse and violence doesn't just happen uh, male to female; it can also happen female to male, um, uh, a woman to man as well. And we hear less about that simply because of the stigma of, of how men say, no, I'm not telling anybody that no woman beat me up or she's doing, she's controlling me and all of that kind of thing. It's the stigma around that. And so even the so, so many men suffer in violence under a brawling woman, under a cantankerous and fighting woman uh, because they don't want to tell anybody that they're being uh, physically abused or, 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 or verbally abused or emotionally abused at the home, right? So I don't want you to think that domestic uh, uh, violence is one-sided. I don't want you to think that because it is definitely not. But it centers around, it centers around this whole idea of power and control. That's, That's something that the person who is committing these acts against another individual who they say they love, who they say they uh, care for, who they say they are intimate with, uh, they have a tremendous deep insecurity within them that uh, that they have not dealt with yet and they are afraid to give that person their free will because if I gave you the choice to choose me, you won't choose me. And so I'm not going to give you the choice or any choices of what you want to do. I'm going to control that situation. And when you don't want to be controlled, uh, then I'm going to force you and bend you to my will uh, and, and whatever I got to use to do that is what I'm going to do. Uh, culture call, that is the definition of domestic violence. It doesn't always have to be somebody punching in your mouth or somebody putting a gun to your head. It can be emotional. It can be financial. It can be sexual, right? Uh, it is when they take out that frustration of not being able to control you and that, that you symbolizes their world. Let me say that again, that you symbolize their world, right? Um, and because they have a lack of control in any other place in their lives, what they do is try to control the thing that is closest to them that will give them a cover, that will give them shade, uh, that will not expose them. And that's important. This is why I bring this up in the context of even religious circles because of how we revere certain people, how we allow certain people to get away with certain things that we know about with verifiable evidence, but we say nothing because of the stature that we have perceived that that individual holds. Not only that the stature, but the in, the errant uh, ways that we view scripture. 
right? The, the perspective of how we see in church, uh, you know, and how we say, quote unquote, we stay out of each other's business. But yeah, we gossip about it and we rumor about it. And then we say nothing about it until somebody's in the hospital or somebody ends up uh, dead. And, you know, and so this whole domestic violence thing is really a community issue because either that if you're someone that knows of an individual that is being uh, 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 in a domestically violent situation and you say nothing, you become culpable to that person's affliction. You become culpable to that person's, uh, uh, you know, that person's process of being broken and being crushed and being abused, right? And you say it, well, I'm just minding my own business or that's, you know, that's Reb. He can't, he, he preaching the X, Y, Z. That's the reverend. Listen, nobody gets an excuse from the president to, to, to the least individual that works at a factory as a janitor, right? That nobody gets an excuse to put their hands on another individual in the name of love. They don't get a right to do that. You don't get a right to slap me in my face and then come back and say you love me. You don't get a right to, uh, uh, to, to, to beat me and to abuse me sexually in the name that we are married and, you know, whatever goes on in this house stays in this house and this house becomes a prison to me in the name of love. See, some of the things we say are in the name of love. No, it's just in the name of cowardice. It's in the name of us not being able to face the facts that yes, The reality is that there are people that are violent. There are people that have anger management issues. There are people that are not ready to be in relationships, right? And and these people can be people of stature. These people can be people of high regard in the community, but in their personal lives, they have they need some some level of deliverance. They need some level of therapy. They, and if need be, they need their behinds put in jail as well until they can get control over themselves. But what you cannot do is turn a blind eye to those who are being abused, those who are, you know, who are being uh, uh, neglected, those who are being put through a fiery furnace situation with no help and no one to uh, to get them out of those things uh, because they are, you know, well, that's, I'm just going to turn my back. You can no longer turn your back on domestic violence, right? Right? Because it has a generational effect. And that's what kind of what I want to talk about today is the generational effects of domestic violence. See, what we don't understand, especially when we have children, what we don't understand is that children very rarely miss a thing. Let me say this again. Children are not as childlike as you think they are. They are highly exposed to a lot of things that are going on. And and what you don't know is that they are picking up and developing certain character character, uh, character traits as they watch their parents uh, matriculate through life. So it's important that we address uh, this, this whole idea of domestic violence because are we training uh, the next generation to reproduce the level of violence and abuse that they experience at home? Are we treating, are we showing them what productive 
family looks like or are we showing them the lack of conflict resolution? Because here, I said it again yesterday, and I said it yesterday and I want to say it again, that there is no perfect relationship. Let me say it again, that every relationship goes through ups and downs. Every relationship will have emotion, uh, moments of intense fellowship because the two are trying to become one. And that is whether you are married or unmarried, right? That that whole idea of that once we say that we are in a relationship, that yes, we've got to learn each other. And this is why I say, if you're single listening to me today, this is why I say, take your time. Take your time to find a, you know, court and date a while. Figure out what this person's, you know, how do they handle conflict? Watch how they handle certain disagreements. Watch how they hang, handle their anger. Watch how they handle uh, their emotions. Watch how they talk to you and how they speak to you. Pay attention to all of that, right? That people, uh, you have to mark consistency for at least four seasons, winter, spring, summer, or fall. That's right. Watch them a while and see, mm, I may not want to be with this person because, yeah, they don't know how to talk to the waitress. See, that's the indicator. They don't know how to, to do X, Y, Z, or they don't know how to, something happened at their job and they come in slamming the doors and throwing books around. Yeah, that's a sign. That's a sign. And I'm talking about pre-marriage now, right? But see, most of us, most of us, you know, and I won't say most of us, uh, most people, because I'm not in that, most people, um, they don't, especially now, they don't take the time to really do the research to find out the character and emotional development and maturity of the people who they are in relationship with. So... They they get enamored by, you know, this whole thing about where to take me, where you going out, how much money you going to spend on me, all this. You know, if you're a baller in a shot caller, if you all these different kinds of things. And so they're not necessarily taking the time to do some deep, some, some, some deep study, some deep things going on. Right. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I would add, even as you're dating, especially if you're dating a, 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 a extensive period of time, like six, seven, eight months. You're in that phase, you know, and you're closer to your year worth of dating, right? I would suggest that you mutually decide to go to therapy together. I would suggest that. I would suggest because you need to know, you need to know what this individual, is there anything hidden? Come on, come on, coach call. That's right. You you need to figure out if there's something hidden that you don't know and all those dinners and all them roses and all those rings and all that jewelry and all those clothes and all these. Tr- no, no. I want to know. I want to know about your mama and your daddy, your grandmama and your granddaddy. I want to know how your family uh, re- re- decides conflicts resolution. How do they how do how do they manage conflict? I, I want to know. I want to know. Do you have any hidden and unhealed anger issues before I say I do, right? Now, we know, we know, uh, I, I want to see how you handle me talking and dealing with other people of the opposite sex. I want to know how you deal with that because what I can't do is go on my job and just talk to all women. What I can't do on my job is go to my job and call all men because I'm afraid if you're going to pop up, you're going to shoot up the place if you see me talking to another dude. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to come in there and act, act in a nut and turn over desk and, and, and stalk in my coworkers because you are so insecure. See, I need to know all that, right? And those are the things we don't consider. 
We don't consider that the person that we are in a relationship with may show us red flags. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know, green flags, yellow flags, because all of us have them. There's some issues. Yeah. But when, when, when anger becomes a red flag, when lack of resu- lack of concept, uh, conflict resolution skills, that's a red flag. Yeah. Uh, asking me how much money I make and, you know, why I got to spend all my money on X, Y, Z. Okay. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Hold, hold it. Now wait. Hold on. Do you make the money? Yeah. I'm talking about when you're dating now. See, because I think in order to have status, see, Black folks, hear me, my community, listen to me, listen to y'all. You cannot be so addicted to status that you ignore standard. Talk and hear, boy. Did y'all hear me? I said, you cannot be so enamored with status that you ignore standards. Absolutely. You just want to be married so you can hang out with the rest of your married friends, but you end up marrying somebody who is a serial killer in his future. (laughs) So somebody who is off their kilter, who is crazy. Right. Right. He come from a crazy family. It's a lineage and you know it, but he going to be different. How you know that? How? You've not investigated. You've not said a word. You've not said a thing. You've not touched the point in that. See? Well, uh, well, tell me, how do you why, why did you respond that way? Hey, don't don't ask me no question. I'm oh, nope, that's I tell you what. See, that's a sign. That don't be sitting there, okay, babe, no problem. I won't mention it again. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That no, don't know. I can't say no enough. And I don't want to get stuck on no. I'm telling you, that's a sign. Right. And so today I want to talk about don't ignore the signs because we don't do a good job in spending time figuring out what people's personal skill sets are with regards to how they handle relationships, how they handle conflict, how they handle life. Right. That if, if somebody you walk in and somebody's looking at you and they, you know, they're getting ready to start a fight because, yo, man, why are you looking at my lady like that? X, Y, Z. But, but, but hold on. Is your lady beautiful? Is she fine? You ought to be glad. Hey, okay. I mean, you, she didn't get ugly when she got with you, sir. She didn't lose her attraction when she got with you. Ma'am, he didn't shrink. He didn't get ugly when he got with you. Right? And so what you going to do, you're going to beat everybody that looks at her. You're going to beat up everybody, slash everybody's ties and and threaten her with a gun that looks at him. Really? Listen, y'all, that is a sign that you cannot ignore. And then it's the profundity of insecurity that we we ignore because we don't push in those places. And I and maybe the push is not the word challenge in those places when we see him. We, we, we say, oh, that's just X, Y, Z. And we try to explain it away. Why would you try to explain it away when it ain't your life? How can you give an explanation for something when it's not your life? Why would you not say, hey, I don't, listen, uh, why, why, would, why would you not call it to the carpet? Why would you not challenge it? Because you want to see how that individual responds to challenge. Absolutely. That's what you want to see. You want to see what happens when things don't go their way. 
You want to see how they they unwind. Do they unwind? They get drunk and they you know uh, they, they they take substances. How how you need to see all of that and call it out. And guess what? You need to see that before you get married. Right? Because I told you yesterday, marriage marriage is, yes, also a business transaction, especially when it comes to the state and the government and all that kind of stuff. It, yeah. You want to know what am I? I don't want to mix my, listen, stay out the bed. Ain't no intimacy. Get up out the bed. Get up. Ain't no one night stand. Get up because you could be having uh, uh put yourself in a position to be having a baby with somebody who is not mentally and emotionally stable. Now, now you didn't had this baby about this individual. You done done all of that, and now you've re- now you're ready to acquiesce to the fact that that they've always been a little off, right? And now they're slapping you and beating you and, and, and following you and telling you and, and, and being emotionally and verbally abusing you and all that kind of stuff, putting you in a prison. You can't do anything when you could just take the time. There are many married people right now that are living in domestic violence situations that would tell you that they ignored the signs, not missed it. They ignored the signs for status. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have this. I wanted this individual. And now I'm in a domestically abusive prison and I don't know how to get out because our lives are interwoven. Now I got to stay for the children. See, now I got to stay because if I, if I leave, how I'm going to be taken care of financially. See, you cannot ignore the signs. And so today we're going to talk about some of these signs and we're going to get you some help. That's right. We're going to talk about signs and get you some help to see how you can, how you can exit a domestically violent situation because we want you to live and live your best life. Listen, Culture Call, this is your truly L. Spencer Smith right here on Praise 93.3. We've got a wonderful, wonderful, awesome show today. Listen, go ahead and get hydrated, get your little cup of coffee or tea, get you some water, and keep it right here. Don't miss it. This is the world premiere. And we are back. This is the Culture Call with your truly L. Spencer Smith right here on Praise 93.3. And we are having an amaze mode. That's right. An amaze mode day. Yes, right. As we are talking about a controversial topic. That's right. And that is domestic violence. That's right. You know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And before we get up out of here in this 10th month of the year, 2023, we need to address some things in our community with regards to domestic violence. And I see all of y'all hit me up and say, man, you should have let me on. You should have brought me on the show because I could tell you the stories. And here's here's the deal. When I look at posts like that, y'all, I'm I'm not amazed, but I am greatly saddened that we've not figured out uh, ways to prevent this. You know, we've not figured out an, an opportunity and uh, to to make sure that we are doing each other well that men and women are treating each other to the maximal best that God would desire, desire, but not only that would God desire and has designed, but we have that kind of self-worth and self-value within ourselves to not put ourselves in any of those positions. And I know you say, 
Well, everybody, Bishop, everybody didn't put themselves in that position. I get it. I understand that. But the truth be, uh, be told, I'm telling you right now that a lot of times we ignore the signs. We ignore the red flags. They were showing you, right? But you thought love was going to cover a multitude of sin and fault. And it does, but that ain't what he's talking about in the text. So stop. Let me just stop right here, y'all. Let the preacher man talk just a few minutes. Can I do that? You know, I try not to bring him out on the red video as much as I tried, as I, you know, as probably I should, but I got to interject. Stop using scripture for stuff it does not apply to. I don't want to say that again because some of y'all, that's got y'all in a chokehold. Bad, bad, bad exegesis, hermeneutics, interpretation, bad display and bad preaching and teaching has got y'all in a chokehold and you've got to stop because you're applying scripture to things that scriptures does not, does not, number one, apply to. Number two, it doesn't answer even if you apply it to it, right? If somebody is slapping you and beating your head in and verbally uh, uh, abusing you, if they are, if they, if the, if you're married and, and the sex feels like rape, and, and all those kinds of things are, are they holding the purse strings and make you, giving you allowance and, and, you know, got a checkup and you got to check in with them. If you don't, you're going to get beat up and all when you get back home. Yo, that ain't a multitude of sin and fault. No, the Bible addresses that. Anger rests in the bosom of a fool. That's a fool. That's what Abigail called Nabal. She told David, say, hey, I know my husband is a fool. I know, please just don't kill him, right? I mean, you got to call a thing a thing. And you cannot keep hiding behind this bad interpretation of Scripture to put the Lord going to make a way somehow. You're going to see the Lord in, in quicker than you're supposed to because you keep ignoring the fact that I am in a relationship with a person that is abusive and they do not know how to control themselves, Right. And because they do not know how to control themselves, they're going to try to control you. And they figure if they control you, then and see, this is where this kind of narcissistic behavior comes in. Because when you do something they don't like and they try to control you, what they tr do is gaslight you and say, well, if you had not done that, see, why do you make me do these things? You know, have you all ever seen I think it's Muddier. Y'all love Tyler Perry. Y'all ever seen Muddier's family reunion? Where this businessman, this uh, high-ranking businessman, uh, marries or uh, is in, engaged to uh, Muddy's uh, granddaughter or niece or whatever that is, yeah, and he's just beating her, and you know, just beating her, just a beautiful girl, just beating her, and she's silent and she's taking it because she's choosing status over the standard of her own life, and. I remember on this one scene, he hits her and he beats her up and everything. And he says, do you see how you bring out the beast in me? Do you see how, why do you do that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She just woke up this morning and you slapped her. She just, she came home five minutes late and you beat her. She had some friends over and you threw her out. I mean, you, you, you whipped her and, and you did all that. And she has to take cold baths and all kinds of stuff. I think the movie even opens up like that. And even though that's on the movie, y'all, even though that's on the movie, there are people that are literally living that reality today in the name of some kind of, you know, God going to make a way. Yes, your two legs. Walk away. Get out. Absolutely. We cannot make excuses for for the the person who is uh, domestically violent and an abuser. 
And so I, as a pastor and a leader, I've got to start off where marriage begins. And that is at the, the, the moment in the dating moment, in the, in the courtship moment. Now, there's some things in marriage that I, as the pastor, cannot fix. I cannot repair, right? Uh, and, and that's another conversation that we're going to deal with in the second hour. But here is another thing, though. Here is another thing. That when you have a choice, before you say, I do, do not ignore red flags. I can remember uh, my, my wife and I, we were boyfriend and girlfriend in college, and we just sat down and talked about the extent of our relationship you know, what my feels were, what my triggers were, what were her triggers, her, our families, you know, what was going on. Because we wanted to know. We wanted to know exactly, you know, if we're going to be together, what are we getting into? What are we getting ready to do? What I need to know how you, you know, do you believe in hitting women? I was like, absolutely not. Do you believe in hitting men? That's what, right. Because one thing you ain't going to ever have to worry about me is, you know, I'm not talking about a little pat on the behind or a little squeeze in the waist. I'm talking about you ain't going to ever have to worry about as beautiful as you are, me hitting you, punching your face, and you got to walk. Absolutely not. But what you also ain't going to do is you're not going to hit the kid. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. And I told her, I was like, listen, the moment, the moment abuse comes into this relationship, I am out. Ain't no, nope. We and I mean that today, after twenty eight years, if if you wake up in the morning and start slapping me and boxing me, and we ain't just playing and you're having a good time, you know, and you serious, oh, you ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got well, go and get the lawyer. Go go and find him here, because what we're not gonna do is that there is no everlast written across my face. You know why? Because. I have a standard, and she has a standard, and we agreed. We're never going to show. Now, have our kids ever heard us fuss? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they look Now they're adults, and they look at us. Y'all two are just a mess. And we they, we fuss a while, and then be kissing on each other later on, hugging on each other later on, looking at them like, oh, my God, here they go again. But what we want to show them the reality of relationship. The reality of relationship is yes, you will have times of intense fellowship, but what you don't, what, what you will not tolerate, what you do not have to tolerate is somebody abusing your entire person. You will not have somebody berating you. You will not have somebody talking to you all crazy kind of way. You will have no, nobody putting their hands on you. And that's for my daughter and my sons. Ain't nothing, not, that's going to happen. That ain't going to happen. No. No, 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 go, no, go, that, no, that's not going to happen because that's not how God has designed relationships and that is not what has been modeled before you. No. And see, that's why I say to you who are listening to me, and I know some of you are listening to me like, goodness, where have you, where were you 10 years ago? Where were you five years ago? There are people who need therapy. They need deep counseling before they get married. Do not marry anybody or go and get go to the courthouse because you don't want to go through the process of advisement and counseling and therapy with an individual. If they don't want to go, then they are not worthy of marrying you. Say it again. I think I will. I said if they don't want to go get some help and get get you to uh, you know pull back some of those layers and before they say I do, nah, I'm good. Then okay, well you good by yourself. Find find another crazy, find another fool who's gonna be up there because I can already tell. I can already tell. I remember one of my, my my aunts said, "Listen, I can see a fool around the corner. I got that kind of discernment. When he I he ain't got to be in my straight eye shot. I can see him around the corner. Some things you got to be able to see 
however it's going to turn out five and six years down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you ought to be concerned with, you know, if they're inundated with listening to the music that, that subjugates women, that subjugates them, that calls them out their name. And, of course, you got these women who are have been placed there strategically by Hollywood figures. I talked about this on Sunday in my message, and you got them out there, and they're becoming the symbols of a generation, right? That they're just out here, you know, flashing their sexuality, flashing their, their sensuality, and doing all of that, you know, and thinking XYZ, saying explicit things. Yeah, if they're enamored with that, then how are they going to date a church girl? How are they going to date a woman that's trying to be an entrepreneur? How are they going to date a woman? That, that, how does that work? And all they, they're feeding off of other uh, uh, all these salacious artists. And because you're not going to do that. I, I, I hope, I don't know. You might. I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm telling you, you got to pay attention and begin to choose standard over status. You got to do that. And don't ignore the signs. Don't ignore the signs. Do not ignore the signs. Are there communicators? Are there communicators? That's, I think that's important. Are they good communicators? Do they understand, do they know how to express their feelings, even when their feelings are, it's feelings of a disagreement or conflict in a healthy kind of way? Do they know how to talk to you? Do they know how to, 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 to express themselves in a way that with clarity, right? Uh, or even if they don't know how uh, immediately, they'll say, you know, hey, babe, could you just give me some time? Respect that. Respect it. Could you give me some time to kind of get myself together and then we can talk about it? That That's respectful. Because you want an individual that knows that they're at a point and that they want to bring themselves down. That's self-mastery. And that's not something that you can do for them. Oh, no, I want to talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. I don't want, no, 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 no. Chatty Kathy, go sit down. Let the man come down for a minute because he's saying, I need to calm down and I'm going to come talk to you, right? Because right there, that's not concern. That's nosiness because now you want to know. You just want to know because if you're really concerned, let him calm himself down. Let him come all the way and just and, and figure out how he wants to deal with this. And then let him say, hey, you know, babe, today just happened today. Uh, X, Y, Z, ABC. See, that that's something that you look for. Someone who knows how to communicate. Someone who knows how to restrain themselves. That's what you want. And someone that is not insecure of who you are. Right? That, that, that yes, I am... I'm a high-powered individual. I I am, have been for as long as I can remember. Traveled the country, you know, uh, uh, preaching all across the nation, you know, pictures everywhere, music out, all this kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, I've always been that. That's who I've always been. And and I'm not going, I shouldn't have to demure and give up all of that to make who I'm with comfortable. Because while you're glad that I'm doing that, I'm suffering on the inside. That's not love because you're not doing what's best for me. But that's a sign. That's a sign that I can't be fully who God has created me to be. I can't be the high capacity man that I am. I can't be the high achiever that I am because if I do that, I'm going to get too much notoriety and too many people looking at me. And when too many people looking at me, you know, I don't know, you might leave me or you might find somebody better than me. Oh, no. 
if I got if I can't be who I have been created to be around you, then that's a sign that God is saying in the King James Version, since y'all love it so much, get thee out of <laughs> Get thee out. Like he told Abram, get thee out of that country from among that kindred. Get out. No, if I got to play myself down in order for you to feel secure, if I can't be around my friends and have a good time without you saying, well, who was that? And who was that? And who was that? And without you being envious and jealous, right? If I can't do all, if I can't be who I need to be, then yeah, you're not who I need to be with because you are supposed to compliment me, not, not constrict me. Let me say that again. You're supposed to compliment me. Listen, there are, there are places that I go that I, I, when I bring my wife with me, she steals the room. When she walks in, listen, I'm the, I'm the person that they brought. I'm the person that's supposed to be, I'm the artist. I'm this, I'm that. And then they, they see her and she just, and I mean, she knows how to work a room. And I'm like, and she knows when I get a little introverted. And so she's like, okay, well, let me make up the difference right here. And she just shines and I let her shine and ain't no insecure. And I know, listen, I know men like, look at my wife. My wife is beautiful. She's fine. That's one of the reasons why I married her. <laughs> I mean, for real. So what I'm going to be insecure for, is she going home with me? She's there to make me look good. But you'd be surprised that you got some guys that don't want, absolutely, don't want their wives, don't want their women to be, and they, and they become abusive. What you doing? Why you got to wear that? Why you got to, come on, bro. You need deliverance and some therapy. And, and, and girl, sis, you don't put yourself in a position. That's why you, you, you find out when you're dating. If that's the individual, you know, you'd be like, yeah, um, yeah, I think we just should remain friends right now. You know, I thought about it. That's why you take your time. That's why you don't put no label. What are we? I need to know what we are. Not yet. Not yet. I'm talking to somebody. Y'all acting like y'all ain't listening. But I'm telling you what, what you want. Why, 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 why I ain't got no ring yet. Don't be so fast, sis. Calm down. Do your investigations. Let me say that again. Do your investigationing. You don't know enough yet. You're trying to get a ring from a dude you don't know too much about. Calm down. That's right. Don't calm down. (laughs) Don't rush it. Take your time. Fellas, take your time. Take your time. Right now, I'm not talking about being in, uh, dating five and six years. That's another conversation. D- yeah, n- okay, because that is against the nature of a man. A, a, a man really it doesn't take him that long to figure out where he wants to go and what direction he wants us to go in. Okay, no, that it doesn't take. No, that's not how we work. So, yeah, that's another conversation, and I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole today. But what I will say is, after a month, I know you can know that she is the one after a week. You can know she's the one after a month, but don't you dare say nothing before six months. Don't say, listen, at least give it a time to have a baby. Nine months. Give the relationship nine months. Because within nine months, see, you, you yeah, you want to get to the where that person begins to relax and becomes them, right? And that doesn't always happen in the first few months because, yeah, you want to be able to see them without their makeup, without their suits, without all that kind of stuff, you want to be able to see who they are in their natural habitat. 
Man, listen, <laughs> I'm getting ready to give y'all some my cash app because somebody need to send me something because I'm dropping some science on y'all today. Hear me, at least give it enough time. Give my bitch, bishop, not 12 months, a year is a long time. I already knew after three months, I knew. Yeah, but give it time because she ain't in her natural habitat yet. I'm telling you she not. Ma'am, he ain't in his natural habitat yet. He's still trying to impress you. He, that's what he's trying to do. So the, the three months, yeah, okay, no. But when you get to that nine months, you should have already seen that person in, 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 in almost every season of their lives. You should have seen that. And now now you can make a decision and say, okay, I want to be with this person for the rest of my life. Stop being in a rush. Go through the process because d domestic violence can be, can be stopped if we simply take the time to see who that individual really, individual really is and don't ignore what you see. That's what the time is for, to open up your eyes so you can see what you need to see, and then you can make a quality decision. Be yeah, before you go to the church and get your invitations and tuxedos and bridesmaids, no, 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 no. Take your time. Identify the red flags. And then when you see some things, okay, I need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, that's a sign. I'll, I'm peace. Okay, good. No problem. You ain't got to talk about it. Definitely ain't got to talk about it. No more. I ain't going to bring it up again. I'm out. Don't call me, you know, you know, you back out of it because, yeah, but you got you got to stop ignoring these signs. You got to stop ignoring these signs. Listen, y'all, this is the culture call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, 205-752-4800. That's right. Maybe you want to share a story or two. Listen, it's a great day right here on Praise 93.3. I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. This is the Coach Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. It's the top of the hour. That's right. 11 a.m. and some change, and we are having a fantastic day right here in the studio of Praise 93.3. And I am telling you, we are in the midst of an amazing conversation about Domestic Violence Awareness Month right here in the month of October. But... Before we go any further, I just want to remind you that yours truly, that's right, yours truly has a new single out. Yeah, woo, yeah, absolutely. I've got a new single out, Great Things. It's out right now all over the country and on every digital uh, digital music platform. You can get it, yeah. Uh, I don't have hard copies, so don't even work. Don't call to the station and ask for one. I don't have one. You got to get on your Apple, your Spotify, uh, your, your Google Music, your Amazon Music, uh, Pandora. Yeah, everywhere you can go and listen to it. So many of you have been hitting me up and saying, hey, I love the new song. Yeah, I believe it's a prophetic declaration, a proclamation for the times in which we live right now, where we're seeing so much uh, going on, wars and rumors of wars, uh, all of this stuff going on in the economy, going on in politics and uh, all of this stuff. Yeah, you've got to have a different viewpoint. You definitely have to have a different kind of way of framing your life. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that the worlds are created by the words that are spoken. That's the principle. That is the principle of it. That means that you've got to begin to say something different. And I believe that this song that's out right now, Great Things, is the declaration that needs to start coming out of our mouth. I know I've been saying great things are in store for me. That's what the song says. Great things are in store for me. You got to start saying it. But hey, 
I provided a soundtrack for you, and it's called Great Things. That's right. Uh, coming up for my new releases in the bill that'll be a part uh, on the first part of the year. Yeah, next year, 2024, our full record, new, uh, Now or Never, will be released. Uh, but this is the head single coming into the holiday season. That's right. Great Things. And I think that uh, as we begin to say that, as you begin to say that in your life, in your world, over everything, your finances, your job, your person, your health, you're going to begin to see that your world is going to start looking like the words that you were speaking. So, yeah, make sure if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't heard it yet, they're playing it here. Yeah, uh, on, on the station, Praise 93.3, you don't need to miss it. And uh, you can tell them, I told you to listen to it, but go ahead to your Apple store or your Android device, whatever it is, and download great things. I promise you, you will be glad that you did. And let me go ahead and say thank you so much from the bottom of a grateful heart in advance uh, for supporting us and listening to our music. Absolutely. Listen, also want to remind you that if you have any public service announcements, any public service announcements. Now, I know October is we're in our winding, winding down stages, but I know you got a hallelujah night or something. Yeah, you got something going on. Go ahead. Send it to me, culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Or definitely uh, you can hit me up on our Facebook page, The Culture Call and message me uh, the flyer in the announcement uh, because I want everybody to know what's happening. And, yeah, we want people to show up, faces in the place. That's absolutely right. All right, so do me that favor. Again, uh, 205-752-4800, or you can definitely hit me up on the app. And, um, you know, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've seen on the app today. But, yeah, I want to hear your voice, see what you think about what we're talking about. Cool. Listen, so this whole idea of not ignoring signs, and I've been looking and I've been dealing with a lot of times uh, 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 when I deal and counsel with relationships and give advice as best as I can, you know, I'm not a counselor, but I give counsel. Um, and one of the things I tell them, you know, while they're in, you know, when they tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about the individual that you're with. You know, one of my requirements is that, especially if I'm going to perform the wedding, you know, I'm uh, I'm not exclusive, but I do have certain requisites that needs to be met. And what I, what do you mean by that? That it's not that I, I it's not that I won't marry somebody from another church. It's not that I won't marry somebody who's not a part of the church at all. That's not what I wouldn't do. That's no, those are not things. But my standard is before I marry you, I'm talking about L. Spencer Smith. You got to go through some level of counseling. You got to go through some level of of, you know, and it doesn't have to be me, but I need a statement from the person that you went to saying that you successfully, successfully, uh, uh, completed a series of counseling, a, a series on the levels of teachings that qualify you to at least get married, right? And one of the things I do is I like to push on, you know, my job is to me is not to necessarily agree with you that this is the person for your life. My job is to discern, to make sure that in your love and your googly eyes and oh my baby and all that kind of stuff that you ain't missing something that that's what I'm talking about that you're not missing something that you should have seen <laughs> you feel what I'm saying I am that kind of dude you know so yes bring him to church bring her to church I want to meet her because here's the deal I know what I put in what I teach people I know what I teach on Wednesdays and Sundays and every time we sit together 
And especially when I teach about relationships and the standard and how these things should go. I know what I model as a pastor, as a father, as a husband. And uh, and so what I'm not going to do is close a blind eye if I see something, you know, uh, and I can always tell. I can I can tell. I'm like, mm, okay, yeah, let me meet him. And when, if you don't let me meet him, my question is, what are you hiding? What are you hiding? And not just what are you hiding. What of them are you hiding from me? What what that what is it that you see that you don't want me to see? Wait a minute. What that got to do with domestic violence? Are you serious? You can't be serious, right? No. Here's the deal. No, because. When you meet an individual, I love to meet, especially when, when, when ladies say, hey, I found a guy and I want him to, you know, we want to get married. We're talking about marriage. I said, bring him to me. Oh, yeah, I know I'm going to bring him to you. I'm, I'm say, I said, well, I mean, because everybody wants me to do a wedding because I make, I'm, as a pastor, I individualize and customize every wedding. I pray and I want to know, you know, God normally gives me a word for that particular couple. And so, you know, people like, you know, they love how I do weddings and they love how I do funerals. And I think that is really hilarious. But nonetheless, you know, um, you know, that that part. And so I want to be able before I stand on behalf as a representative of God to join you together, that you are aware of the kind of person that you are standing here making eternal vows with. I, I, I want I want to make sure that there's not something that you've missed or something that need be addressed before you say, I do. And most people give me that opportunity. And then uh, there's a few that do not, you know. And again, it's not that I'm, listen, because ultimately, I, I, I'm, you're going you're gonna to do what you want to do, right? But what I'm not going to do is be a part in parcel of that. If I, if I tell you that I'm not, I, you know, there's something going on and you decide that you still want to get married to this individual and I tell you, mm, there's something there you need to check out and you don't listen, then I also then have the, I have the, the right and responsibility to say, yeah, I don't necessarily want to be a part of that. You might need to get somebody else because I take relationship very seriously. I do. I do. And you might say, well, pastor, you know, you know, that that's kind of harsh. Well, yeah, I know. But OK, I mean, I, I, I get it. But am I going to change it? No, I'm not. Because what I don't want to see is you come back to me a few months ago, a few months later and says, pastor, she hit me upside the head with a cast iron skillet. What? I told you she had, I was trying to tell you there was an issue. I told you she had anger issues. You didn't listen to me. You didn't want to listen to me. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, no, listen, you know, you got a big knot on the side of your head. You know, you got a knot on the side of your head that you didn't have to have had you listened. Had you listened. And let me say this. Let me say this to my community. I want to say this again. Stop rushing into these things if you're not done the investigation watch how they talk to you listen to how they talk listen to how they handle anger management issues right listen listen to all of that right and i i, I know folks like well you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage okay i'm listen i'm not into that debate right now we're not talking about that but you watch even how they engage in that act as well watch it you look 
when you're with them, how do do you feel violated? And you know, listen, and you know that there is not a history of violation in that area in your life. But when you're with this person, you feel violated. Really? Right? See, 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 those are signs. That is a sign that that heaven is ringing a big bell and <laughs> say, hey, wake up, dude. Hey, wake up, girl. This person is not the one that you need to be making a long lasting covenant relationship with. So get out of get out of this whole idea that you just want to ring in a wedding because after that is over, that whole thing can trend in abuse. And here it is. Abuse doesn't just start in the after marriage. That's why I'm starting with wedding. I'm why, why I'm starting with dating. It starts in the dating sequence. The tone, the change, the how you talk to me. You cussing me out. You calling me out of my name. Ah, uh, they were just mad. Really? No, 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 no. And then you get married and then you say, well, you're not going to talk to me that way. Oh, yes, they are. They're going to talk to you just the way you have been accepting it all along. They ain't going to change because you heard my uh, heard, heard this, this broadcast today. No, because you've let it go on for so long. You should not have to live in a relationship where you feel threatened and or intimidated. Threats, violent words, angry words. You shouldn't be in that environment, right? You're intimidated. You got to make it home by 1040 because they get home at 1045. Because if you get home at 1046 or after them, they're going to be waiting, you know, and to put a gun to your head. They're going to be waiting. You're going to wait on a slap when you walk through the door. Yo, that's not normal living. That is not the living that God has designed for you to be in. And stop, let me say this again, and stop making allowances for such. And stop making allowance. Let me say this again. And stop making allowances for such. No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. That you work all week and, you know, she's like, give me your whole check. I'll give you $20. You come and ask me when you need some money. Oh, you ain't been good. You, you, didn't, you, you didn't do what I told you to do this week. I'm not giving you any money. And now you, what? What do we, what? How does that work? How do we even get there? You know what I'm saying? You don't feel intimacy. You don't feel love. You don't feel the tenderness when you're making love. You feel like you're just one of the things they're trying to do or you're they're taking out frustration on you and you're quiet and you're silent and you say nothing because you don't want them to get upset. Yeah, that stuff is kind of late when you get married. This is why I'm saying here's the reality. Here's the reality. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Can y'all handle this? I need you. To, okay. Most people ain't waiting until they get married to have sex. And it got quiet. I'm, I'm talking to y'all in the back over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to y'all in the back over there who act like you, you getting what, you getting ready to walk out to the restroom while I'm preaching. No, come on back in. Have a seat. <laughs> have a seat because I need you to hear this. That most people are not waiting to become intimate when they get married. I, they're not. 
And so this is why, because why, how would you know that before you get married? Really? You're not going to bring, you're not going to try to deceive me with these puritanical views because I already know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, but, but would that be a wonderful thing? Absolutely. Why? So you can tell before you give yourself if this individual is a nut. Because once you have sex with an individual, there are certain levels of emotional exchange. And this is just not an exchange of fluids. It's an exchange of emotions, energy, spirit, soul, all of that. You know? You got people out here that don't believe in soul ties. Okay, no problem. Cool, no problem. Your guard is, is let down. In that, in that experience. And I'm talking about all the way down. They, your guard is let all the way down when you're having sex. You're back in the garden where you're naked and not ashamed. And if you are in this place where you're naked and you start feeling shame, and I'm not talking about, oh, because I'm fornicating. That ain't what I'm talking about. We, I told y'all we're not going down that hole. I'm talking about you start feeling like something is off with this. Why would you ignore that? Why? Why, church? Why, folks? Why? Don't ignore that feeling. Your your spirit and your soul are not lying to you. There is something off. You should be able to be the most vulnerable and open with the individual that you're laying down with. And if you don't feel that, that is an indication, Right? You know, you know what I'm saying? See, because don't get, listen, if you are not a religious person, you're not a believer, don't get getting convicted. Maybe the Lord convicted me. Don't go there. Please don't do that. No, don't ignore that. The Lord making me feel that way. No, no, there's something going on. And your soul is trying to tell you this is something ain't right about this. And you need to begin to discuss it. If you want to stay cool, if you don't want to stay, I get it. But you don't don't ignore the signs. A person on my chat just said, "Yeah, don't ignore the red signs, but don't ignore don't ignore the red flags, but don't ignore the yellow ones too." Because guess what? The yellow ones tell you what? Slow down. I know in American culture that the yellow light for some folks means speed up. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to get caught by no red light. But listen, really, in essence, listen, y'all. The yellow flag, the yellow light means take caution. Slow down. You're going too fast. There's something you don't know about the curb around the corner. You're going to get surprised there. Chill out. Stop ignoring these flags, him. Huh? Stop ignoring these flags. Because these flags are trying to save your life. You ain't got to pay me no attention and you ain't got to pay me no mind. I am telling you, these flags are trying to save your life to get you to ask questions that you need to ask. Yeah, that you, that you need to start asking. What's, what's going on here? Yeah, what, uh, yeah. You know, what, 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 I, I just don't feel something is not right here. What are you not telling me? Let's have a conversation. And you don't go in all, you know, like you, you know, like you inspect the gadget, inspect the clue. So you don't, you don't go, you don't go in there like you've been mad, like putting the person on no trial. No, but you want to have a conversation. You sense something. You're discerning something. You're so, you know, uh, uh, you know, 
your, 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 your spirit is trying to awaken you to something that you don't know. And if you ignore it, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you know, if, if you ignore it, then, then, then you, you have nobody to fault but your, your own self. And I get it. I, I, I get it. I understand. Yeah, I get it. I, 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 I get it. Because again, I'm supposed to be in this and that's, yeah. I'm trying to tell you, do not. I don't want to be by myself. Man, some things are better being by yourself than you being abused, neglected, violated, hurt, punched in the face, hospitalized, or funeralized. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's a uh, was a show on, matter of fact, a couple of days ago uh, called A Different World. You know, I grew up on A Different World, and it's amazing how the show is still relevant in 2023, and I think it was, you know, birthed in, in the 90s, you know. Um, but but one, one of the things that w- was interesting, this girl, Gina, she was being abused by her rapper boyfriend, and, you know, uh, he had issues that he hadn't dealt with. But Gina just wanted to be with somebody. Let me say that again. Gina just wanted to be with somebody that she was overlooking the fact that he was abusing her. And it wasn't until Freddie saw somebody being abused on campus and brought I brought light to it that Gina finally acquiesced and said, oh, better yet, it wasn't until he got so violent and punched her in her eye and swallowed her eye because he was so insecure. But Gina, want, she just wanted to have somebody. And I want to minister, if I can, because this is a ministry moment. I feel that. I want to tell you, you are not that desperate for companionship. Buy you a pet. You are not that desperate for companionship or to have somebody that you take abuse. That you allow violence to be perpetrated. That no, no, absolutely not. You know, you that that's not what no, that's not what is that no. You need to figure out that if you have found yourself in that situation, now you got to use another level of skill and wisdom and tactic to get yourself out. Whether you're married or you're not married, because once they feel like you're going to leave, then unfortunately your life can be in danger. So then how do I get out of it? Well, you know, you, number one, you've got to, first of all, create a safety plan. You, you've got to create a safety plan. You, you've got to let someone else. The, and first part of that safety plan is you've got to let somebody know what you're going through. Now, not somebody who's going to tell everybody, you know, not somebody who's going who gonna to put it in, and be confrontational and, be, you know, not be strategic or anything. You, that, that's not what you want. You want somebody who's going to handle it with care. You want somebody that's going to, you know, handle it with the, with, with the sensitivity of which you brought it to them. Right? And, and you know, that, 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 that you, you have to be very understanding of that person's amazement because they're going to ask you questions but they are part of your safety plan right now 
part of that, another part of that safety plan is that when you begin to reach out and tell somebody, you also have to do some practical things. You know, uh, have alternate keys, have, have alternate money, you know, alternate identification and important documents. You got to do that because when you announce that, hey, I'm out, or if they've not done it already, they're going to be trying to make sure that you stay in that prison of relationship. Hear me now. They're going to make sure that you have no alternatives in leaving them. So you've got to be wise and use wisdom and say, okay, hey, I'm going to, and if you can't leave it where you're staying, leave it with that individual who you're confiding in. Leave it with that individual. And you're telling them, hey, um, I'm trying to leave. Because you, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to set myself up so when I leave, I don't have to turn back. But you also, I also have to recognize the kind of individual you may be dealing with with regards to that abuser or that violent person. It's called domestic abuse and domestic violence for a reason, right? So you got you got to deal with that, right? And then you got to start reaching out to 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 the domestic violence, you know, counselors and all of that. You got to do your homework now. Right? You got to figure out where your kids going to be able to go if you, if there's children involved, you got to figure out, you know, all of these different kinds of things. You got to figure out and you know, uh how how am I going to present this to this individual? Is that person somebody that you can talk to? And I'm figuring that if it's not, if it's not, then yeah, then you just might need to say, okay, today I'm going to work, but I'm not coming back. You you might need to, yeah, and, and you get legal advice. See, don't just, don't just go tell your girlfriends, you need to talk to a lawyer. You need to talk to an investigator. You need to talk to somebody who's going to, you got to have it documented. I told you all yesterday. That's why you, if you didn't hear yesterday, you got to go back and hear yesterday. You got to document it. Just, you can just file a simple report and document it. You got to do your homework now and, and so that you can pull out. You can't pull out quick, as quick as you probably got into that situation because now you don't want to stir up that person's violence, especially if you're still going to be alone with them. You can't do that. You got to make sure that you are wise in how you reverse move, right? How you get out of it, right? And so, yeah, if 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 you are, if, if you cannot talk to that individual, which I which I doubt that you can, um, and and get the truth, uh, then you're going to have to set up. How would life? You got to be ready to 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 make another move, because your thought now. The primary thought is not to be thinking about the abuser. It's to think about you and or if you have children and how you're going to be able to navigate. You may not be able to stay in the same vicinity. And when I say vicinity, I'm talking about a 50-mile radius. You might have to, you have to be prepared maybe to start an entirely different life. Until, uh, uh, until you know, if if you can, law enforcement gets involved. That's what I'm saying. Domestic violence and abuse is so, it is such a thing to be tangled up in. That's why I'm I'm really stressing, number one, bringing awareness, but also holding you accountable, holding those of you who may be in that situation accountable or those of you who know someone is in that situation. I'm making you accountable 
to at least be a support, a secure support system for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm making sure. I, I got to say this. And I know it might be uncomfortable, but for me, you living in your life is the most important thing. Don't tell your family yet. Don't, don't, don't. And when I say don't tell your family yet, because you don't want them to make a, a reflexive move, right, to, to protect you. And then there is no documentation of them ever being abusive except your word. That's not going to stand in the court of law because you can tell your you can tell your brothers and your father that X, Y, Z or, you know, that this person hit me and then they go out and do something. Now your family is in jeopardy. So you got to be very careful of how you unfold that plan. You got to be very careful how you tell your family. You know, you got you got to think I know you want them to know. But you got to you got to be very, very strategic in how you roll that out. You feel me? You got to be very strategic at how this thing unfolds. Facts. You also have to understand, understand that you cannot take ownership of the violence against you. I think that is the apex that you in order for you to move, you can't see yourself as the villain. You cannot allow that that situation, that person or this whole thing to gaslight you into thinking that they hit me, they abused me because it's my fault. You you cannot. Don't even go down that path. Don't do it because it's not worth it. It is not worth it. Not, no. Because you're, you're going to be less likely to make a move if you're condemning yourself. If you're feeling guilty. If you're feeling bad, if you're feeling like, well, maybe if I had not done this, and maybe if I did not do this, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I should give them another chance. See, that that's the whole. That's where that that's where that's going to, uh, you know, that's where that avalanche is going to happen with you giving them another chance, with you extending and putting your life on the line so as not to shake the waters, as not to you know shake up the boat and everything. No, that's unhealthy. You cannot take ownership of the violence that's being done to you. Except you, you're violent. You cannot take ownership. That you got to learn how to to forgive yourself and to preserve yourself and to make a decision on behalf of the life you want to see and the life you deserve. And the life you deserve. No one deserves domestic violence. No one deserves to be abused. And you got to keep that at the back of your mind. As you begin to take steps to do that, be prayerful, be careful, and be aware. That's right, be aware. Be aware until you get out to freedom, until you get out of that prison, until you get out of that abuse. Okay? Yeah. Listen, this is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. It's been an amazing day. Go ahead and get you something to drink, but don't miss the rest of this show. It's going to be explosive. Don't miss it. We are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith on Praise 93.3 FM. And yes, it has been a day. What a wonderful show. And I pray and hope that you have been enjoying our discussion today as we've been talking about domestic violence awareness and what we need to do uh, to help each other and to bring to light uh, this this. Uh, 
this disease that's trying to spread in our community and how we can really help each other get out of it. You know, um, not just the one that's being perpetrated upon, but also the perpetrator because the perpetrator needs help as well. Yeah, they, they, they need help as well. Uh, they, they need therapy. They need counseling as well. They need, and see, that's, that's, that's something that's very important as we have this conversation that, um, those who do bad things and abuse people, they need considerable care as well. And that is not being an advocate, uh, for the person that comes in and slaps somebody or imprisons them. Um, but that is just the reality that there is something wrong with that individual. And I think a lot of times people stay in uh, um, interesting relationships uh, for so long, those domestically violent relationships and abusive situations for so long because they are they're trying to maintain and advocate for someone uh, who who they know they they feel something for and that they love and they don't want to look at this person as a monster or a villain or or someone that is destructive in nature they're they're trying to rationalize both uh both with their mind and the emotions that maybe if this person got help they can change let me say that that's only part true and and the part that's true is what I just said is that yes that individual does need help they do need some level of help beyond themselves right they need to have therapy they need to go see somebody they need to get down to the root cause of why they are so violent and emotionally uncontrollable and why they feel like showing that or displaying that uh, and, and giving that kind of negative energy to someone else is, you know, what they do. So, yes, they definitely need that. However, comma, number one, you are not the person to do that. If you're the person that's being violated upon, you cannot champion the cause of their therapy. You, you can't you can't champion the cause of their repair. No, you can know that they need repair. But you cannot be the repair man and or the repair woman. That's just not going, no, no. And so, you know, again, that's why I said a lot of times people stay in situations because you want to be the savior. You want to be the Messiah. You want to be this. You want them to tell you why. And not and, and that whole idea of why is not for them. It's for you. It's, it's, it's a part of your healing process because you're trying to figure out what am I doing? See, you're still back there. What am I doing that makes you act in this particular level of characterization that you want to hurt and abuse me? That is so, yes, you cannot be that person. You cannot be that, be their therapist and you staying is not therapy. I know that might be hard to hear, but that's facts. You staying with them is not therapy. You cannot do that, right? That you've got to remove yourself out of the equation. And then they've got to come to some level of, 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 of to, them, uh, to themselves. You know, they got to have a prodigal son kind of situation. And when he came to himself, yeah, he kind of situation. They got to they gotta begin to acquiesce that, yes, I need some help. 
I got some stuff going on with me and I don't need to be in a relationship and I already know. I, I, I need to find out what's going on inside of me. Yep, absolutely. But I want to say that you you can't do that. So, yes, on one hand, I do advocate for the person, you know, who is the abuser. That, yes, but the person who is being abused cannot be an integral, central part of helping them discover why they are that kind of person. You can't do that. First of all, it's too risky. Number two, you don't have the skill set to be able to help them out of those violent tendencies, that uncontrollable measure of their emotional factor. You don't have that kind of skill. So the best thing you can do is to remove yourself out of the equation and all now they have to focus on is themselves. If they want to focus on themselves, see, that's another thing, because you can't make them want to admit that they have a problem. I don't care how much you tell them I've got a problem, uh, you've got a problem, I don't care how much you say that you need to get some help. If they do not want to uh, 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 participate in their own level of healing and wholeness and therapy and making themselves better. And I'm talking about without you, with or without you as an individual, as a person. If they don't want to do that, there is nothing you can do as the abuse that's going to make them want to do that. Right? Because when they... See, here's the deal. You represent sorry after the fact. Hear me now. Don't miss this. What you represent to them is an apology, sorry, remorse after the abuse. I didn't mean to do it. That's what you represent. I didn't mean to black your eye. I didn't mean to do this to you. I didn't mean to say this to you. I didn't mean to, but that's always after the fact. And the question becomes is how many times, how many after the facts you may have before the next thing that's happening is that they're lowering you in the ground. You feel what I'm saying? So, yes, you can definitely, definitely desire for that person to get help, but you cannot be the one that helps them. You cannot. You cannot. Right? And so, yeah, that, that's only partially true. And I want to talk, I, I'm talking to that person who feels like I'm staying because I just want to help them. Ma'am, sir, you cannot. I, let me stress this again. You cannot help them. And that help is not about them. That help is about you. You're trying to get closure. You're trying to make sense. You're trying to do all these other kinds of things that, yeah, that's not, no. That's not, that, that, you're, you're, you're not healthy enough to help them. You are not healthy enough to help them. You see, see? So you are in a recovery process. They are in an uncovery process. Try it again. You are in a recovery process, but they are in an uncovery process because they got to uncover themselves. They've got to say it to themselves. They've got to begin to say, hey, you know, they got to begin to say, hey, I've got an issue. They got to uncover themselves. But bro, sis. You got to, you're in the recovery process, two different stages of maybe the same event, but they're not at the same, uh, the same stages in terms of how they need to be handled, right? You have to ensure your safety. 
right? You got to get therapy for yourself. You got to get around. You got to you got to build a whole new life of safety because you've not known that. You got to begin to trust your environments again. You get yeah. That ain't time to go seek out nobody new and seek out a new man, seek out a new woman. That's no. Don't invite nobody into your recovery process. Not yet. Too soon. Too soon. Not yet. <laughs> no. Don't do that. They are in the uncovery process. Yes, they have to get they have to get therapy, but for a totally different reason than why you have to get it. You see what I'm saying? They've got to deal with and tell the truth about their journey. They've got to admit to their journey. And then, and then once they get to that place, then they can begin their recovery process. But they've got to uncover themselves. They've got to become naked about the situation that I am an abuser. I am a violent individual. I do not know how to control my emotions and I have hurt people in relationships. They've got to, they've got to get to the place where they admit that. Right? Both of you need to seek professional help. Right? But they can't go to your therapist. No. You need to know. They need to do their, their journey and you need to do your journey. That's how that works. They need to do their stuff and you need to do yours. Right? See, because if you don't understand that, you're going to be putting yourself in the way of an individual who is still not even admitting that they have a problem. Now, you know they have a problem because you're the victim of their issue. But if they're like, ain't nothing wrong with me. Ain't, I don't have a problem. What you, what you going to do? Right? What you going to do to make them admit that they got a problem? You can't do a thing. Not one thing. So then why waste time? Why? Let me say that again. Why waste time? That's something very important you need to know. So, so yeah, I know you want it. I know, I know you want to help them. I promise you I do. But here's what else I do want you to understand as well. You cannot. You cannot do that. You don't have the strength, you don't have the knowledge base, and you're not ready. Because here's the truth of the matter. You're still admitting to all of the times that you let slide and all the red flags and all of that. So, sis, bro, in this kind of situation, you got to move, remove yourself. I know you might still care about that individual. I know you still might believe you love that individual and you might believe that individual even loves you. I'm not here to judge, neither am I here to, 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 you know, discern or decipher that. I'm not here to adjudicate it. Not to tell you, call you crazy or to cast aspersions upon, you know, how you feel. I understand it. But what I am saying is that you got to know your role in the equation. And you, ma'am, you, sir, cannot help your abuser heal because they've got to admit some things that may not be connected to you. You may be, you just may be a point on the line of a history of abuse, right? And, you know, you don't need to be using your emotions and your sensitivities 
if they expose something about themselves and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. No, 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 you no. That needs to be done by a professional, which you are not. Well, hey, Bishop, I got prayer on my side. Pray by yourself. Prayer works uh, from five inches from 5,000 miles away. You can, you can pray from a distance. <laughs> you can pray for their deliverance from a distance. But you don't have to put yourself in the line of fire trying to stop a shooter from shooting. Because if all they know how to shoot, and if they have been specializing at shooting at you, yeah, you don't know what time, you don't know where they're going to hit this time. So move yourself out of the way. Move yourself and bring yourself, practice self-care, get yourself into a healthy space. And this is the part where you start setting boundaries. Because those kind of people are relentless. They'll show up and, uh, and they're trying to gain you back. And you got to set up boundaries. Right? You got to do what you got to do to make sure that not only do you heal from where you are right now, but you never ever end up in that situation again. You feel me? You got to make sure that that is what you do. And you owe it to yourself to do that. Listen, this is yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on the Culture Call, Praise 93.3 FM. It's been a wonderful, wonderful day. Got a little bit more to go. Keep it right here. Don't miss it. Well, family, it's been a wonderful day. That's right. A wonderful day right here on the Culture Call. And we have dealt with some stuff today. It is my prayer, as always, that whatever we discuss and whatever we converse about is always beneficial to you and most especially to our community. I really believe that domestic violence uh, is something that's tearing our families apart. And I get it. We all have... Uh, uh, moments where we have to face intensities, unfairness. But we need to figure out healthy ways uh, to not turn on each other, to not break up our families or our relationships because we don't have the emotional skill to be able to handle the nuances of life. You know, there are days when life can, you know, be so heavy and, uh, but it should not come to mind that the, the, the way that I let off my steam and the way that I relieve myself of the tension is to go home and beat up my wife or to abuse her or to verbally malign her. Uh, that, that, that should not be in my, uh, in my self-therapy of trying to handle the world. I, I should not make her a string in uh, in the in the in the line or in the fabric of what I perhaps have seen in my childhood, that was them. That's not me. And so my job is to make sure that I keep presenting the best of who I am, and I don't put my my life, my wife, my family, my anything into the throes of moments of anger and emotional discontentment that I have not yet mastered. I think every person has to evaluate themselves. And then once you evaluate, guess what? Reevaluate yourself to really understand that abusing and hurting someone else 
simply because I don't necessarily know how to navigate or because there is an insecurity within me that has not been dealt with is a viable option of living. No. That if I love that person, if I love that individual, then I need to decide to first, number one, to become the best me for them. But first of all, the best me for me, I can be. And then if I become the best me for me that I can be, then I can give them the best that flows out of me. And then everybody is better because of me. But causing pain, exacting violence, being a warden, a prison warden to the person who I say I love and I care for cannot, must not, and will not be tolerated. We got to do better by ourselves. We got to do better by each other. And domestic violence has got to end as a traditional trait in the black family. Has got to end. In black relationships, it's got to cease. And we declare war on that as an entire community. Listen, at the end of every phone call, my grandmama and my mama used to say that I love you a bushel and I love you a peck and I love you a hug around the neck. This has been, yeah, the culture call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on the station that plays the best in gospel music. Praise 93.3 FM. I need you to keep it right here all day long to be blessed. Listen, go out, create a world that you would love to see. Make an impact. Love somebody. Be at peace with everyone and treat yourself good. Treat yourself good because that's the only way you can treat others good as well. Have a beautiful, blessed day, y'all. Peace.